Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Do you ever feel tired and wired? What about exhausted and depleted? Well, you know, these are consequences of being under constant levels of stress. And I think all of us can admit that there are times in life when we have been under an extreme amount of stress and certainly want to do the best that we can to try and manage that and not let it affect not just how we're feeling and how we're reacting to things, but also other things going on internally in our bodies as well. Now, today we're joined by Dr. Justin Grood. He is an expert in functional medicine and also the formulation of nutritional supplements. And he's going to talk today about some natural ways that you can work on managing acute stress and what are some of the things that can help when you have a naturally high level of cortisol in your body and what this could do in your body that's positive, that's negative, and why you might want to manage that. So thanks for joining me today in the studio. Thanks, Kathy. It's so great to be back. Now, last time we talked a little bit about a whole different sort of topic, and we're talking today more about, uh, we've discussed it a little bit last time, but we're kind of focusing, last time it was sort of vogue and the stress that that can put on your body and how you can try and formulate your own defense from vogue. But now we're talking about just general stress. So there's, you know, traffic gives people stress, being late, having multiple things to do, not enough hours in the day, all these things cause stress. And there's certain parts of our body that are in charge of our body's stress response. What part of the body does that? And can we ever overwhelm it? Absolutely. Um, so really, it's the brain sending messages to our adrenal glands, which sit just above the kidneys. They're really small little glands, and they're responsible for both adrenaline and cortisol. So adrenaline, we call like the fight or flight hormone, or, or in modern, more recently, fight, flight, freeze. Um, you know, that's more of, you know, a rapid heart rate, sh- shallow, rapid breathing, um, blood being redistributed to skeletal muscle and areas where so you can run and, 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 and escape an imminent threat to life. Cortisol is what we actually call our stress hormone. Cortisol is um, a steroid hormone, kind of like testosterone and estrogen. It's a very powerful hormone. It doesn't come on as quickly as adrenaline, but it's powerful and it lasts once it's, once it's being turned on. And it goes right through the cell membrane, right through the nuclear membrane, right into the DNA and acts right on the DNA and, and, and actually has a whole um, host of effects on, on our entire system. Now... As our body has been designed over thousands of years of evolution, there are certain elements that are positive. So you mentioned, uh, you know, adrenaline, if you were being chased by a wild animal, would help you to get energy to your muscles to help you run away so you could protect yourself. What is the protective effect of cortisol? Well, you know, research out of UC Berkeley um, showcases that uh, acute stress uh, um, immediately increases cortisol and that cortisol actually... um, it actually improves short-term memory, makes us more alert, and actually improves our performance. So short-term stress is actually uh, advantageous. Stress is really not bad, actually, and it has a function and a purpose. The problem with stress uh, that's really relevant in modern life is that it seems to, um, to be really um, destructive and damaging, harmful to our health when it, it persists, when it, when it gets turned on and doesn't get turned off. And I think pretty much all of us know what that feels like. When someone, if you were to ask somebody to describe how physically it feels when they're 
having this acute sudden stress. What would be some of the symptoms that would occur if you suddenly got stressed and had this hit of cortisol that would help you with performance? And no, we're going to contrast that with chronic stress. So acute stress, okay, there's an urgent need. I'm going to go do whatever it may be. What would those physical symptoms be like? Right. I like to talk about this in terms of, um, you know, when you think of um, acutely high cortisol, um, it feels kind of like you didn't get enough sleep and now you're drinking a bunch of caffeine so that you can stay awake and function at work. And yeah, you can function and you're more alert, but you kind of feel lousy. You feel you don't feel well. You feel you feel tired. So, you know, this high cortisol state in the, in the world of functional medicine, we call this tired and wired. You're tired, but you're kind of wired at the same time and it really doesn't feel good. It's kind of like when you're just so tired, you can't fall asleep. It's, you know, that sensation of I'm just so exhausted, but I can't even sleep. That's right. You can't settle down. You can't calm. And it's really associated with um, with things like anxiety. Right. So um, you might get a lot of symptoms related to anxiety. And I think we can all relate to that. Sure. Your heart rate goes faster. Your breathing is a little shallower and you just feel like, oh, I have so much to do. I got to get all this done. I have all these things that I have to accomplish and yesterday they have to be done, etc. So now what would be the chronic sort of symptoms that someone might experience as opposed to the sudden symptoms? What would be the chronic? Are there any physical signs or symptoms that would alert you to the fact that someone might come in with chronic stress? Well, you know, when somebody is experiencing chronic stress, there's going to be a point at which your adrenal glands are not going to be able to um, to produce an appropriate level of cortisol. That they would just be, can't keep up. They just can't keep up, and they're going to burn out, essentially. Um, you know, in, in that scenario, um, you know, even when you're um, even when you're exposed to stress, you can't make an appropriate cortisol reaction, and in that case, you're going to be tired, but you're not going to be wired anymore. You're going to be tired, and you're going to be exhausted, kind of depleted. People who are in a chronic state of low cortisol, um, they, they're not really able to recover like they used to be able to. You know, even if you get a good night's sleep and you eat well and you do everything just right, it's really difficult to recover. And in, in that scenario, you're probably going to, like, wake up feeling unrefreshed um, and, uh, you know, and just get more um, wiped out throughout the day. And there's a whole spectrum of high cortisol to low cortisol and, and everything in between, Right. So if your body is, for initially, your body may be able to produce enough cortisol to keep your chronic stress going, but at some point, the adrenal glands may just get exhausted. There's ways that you can measure that when the adrenal glands just stop functioning, but on that spectrum might be adrenal glands that are not yet to the point where they can't function, so they might call it a condition like adrenal fatigue. What does that refer to? I mean, to me... Adrenal fatigue is um, is the whole thing. It's just a it's it's really a spectrum. You know, it's like you know autism spectrum disorder. There's a whole different. Um, th- there are many different levels of functionality, and the same thing with stress. You know, initially when you have high cortisol, that's also adrenal fatigue. Um, if it goes on for too long, because you know the benefits and the advantages of having high cortisol only exist for a short time. If if the cortisol stays high for for too long, and it's really it's really you know a matter of weeks, maybe to months. Before the high cortisol actually um, kills brain cells, it um, it actually impairs our memory and cognition. It affects our mood. We can be anxious or depressed or both. Um, it chronic high cortisol will cause osteoporosis. Chronic high cortisol will actually suppress your immune system. 
Similar to what we might see if we were to take prednisone or some other type of steroid. People would think about the negative effects of being on chronic glucocorticoids. These would be steroids that you might take for various conditions, autoimmune disorders or asthma or, you know, COPD in certain cases. So the negative side effects that you might you might associate with this chronic use of steroids that you would take in a tablet are similar to what you might experience if you have chronic iatrogenic or your own body producing extra cortisol. That's right. And of course, there are some conditions um, like Cushing's syndrome where you have your body, your adrenal glands actually producing too much cortisol um, due to an actual adrenal problem rather than due to an external problem like stress. But, um, But, you know, elevated cortisol also increases our blood sugar and increases our blood pressure. And, you know, it affects our whole body's metabolism um, disadvantageously. It's really, it's, it's a very, I mean, it's very relevant for, um, for, for modern times, for the conditions that we're dealing with, with obesity and diabetes. Uh, you know, stress actually has a role to play in all this. Oh, yes, it does. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to to The Body Show. I'm here with Dr. Justin Grude. And we're talking today about stress and what are some of the ways that you can help manage your stress? And is there a portion or is there a part of your body that actually might contribute to having this continue long term? And if so, when we come back, we're going to talk about how you can identify it and what you can do about it. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Sacred Hearts Academy, and Urgent Care Hawaii. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and you're listening to us talk today about stress. I'm here with Dr. Justin Grude, and we're talking about what part of your body does this affect, and how could this be detrimental? So right before the break, we talked a little bit about the adrenal gland, which is responsible to responding to messages from your brain that suggest that you're in this high stress in situation. So cortisol is this hormone that your body will produce that is meant to be beneficial, but if you're under chronic stress, the message from your brain can actually overwhelm your adrenal gland, and then you may not be able to continue with such high levels of cortisol without seeing some detrimental effects. Now, Dr. Grude, you mentioned that this could be related to some of the same effects that we might see with other glucocorticoids, osteoporosis, this could cause problems with blood sugar, high insulin levels, this could cause problems with high blood pressure, a lot of other conditions that we used to just say would be part of that, quote, type A personality actually can be associated with chronic levels of cortisol. So now, what do we do about it? I mean, stress is everywhere. And, you know, if you're in traffic in the morning and you're late, and you know if you're late when you start, you're going to be late after lunch, then you're going to be late after work, and there's all these downstream sequelae, it may not be your fault, there might be an accident. You know, stress is something that we can't necessarily control those external forces. And it's not like you can sit in your car and say, okay, I'm going to meditate the stress away because that's not going to work if you're supposed to be driving. What can we do about these high levels of cortisol? Well, you know, the research has shown that um, the most, you know, effective kind of long-term strategies for dealing with high cortisol and stress is uh, our regular exercise and mindfulness meditation. You know, it's not the easiest thing to just start exercising and meditating. It doesn't necessarily equate to instant results. And I think that's one issue that we have in society is that we're, you know, we're kind of an instant gratification society. And we want to know, like, if we're going to do something, we want to see the results right away. And it's really, it's really, those are skills that we cultivate. And, um, you know, 
it is really effective when people cultivate those skills. You can pretty instantaneously change your entire state from an internal perspective if you know if you're if you're accustomed to doing that, if you know what you're doing and, and you're skillful at it, just like any other skill. And the same thing with exercise. You know, when you first start exercising, I just went through this myself a few months ago and I, I just started exercising again. And, you know, it's really hard in the beginning and it's actually more stressful and exhausting in the beginning when you first start exercising and pushing yourself. Um, but after a, a relatively short period of time, it feels great. It's invigorating and it's and it is actually a stress reduction. And, and you know, it's interesting, you know, in a sense, we, you know, we can call this stress fitness Right. Because, you know, there's there's physical fitness and then there's stress fitness. And I think that, we, you know, there are terms in the world of psychology like emotional fitness. Right. I mean, if we have the tools to uh, to deal with the external stressors that are happening in our life and sometimes the internal ones, we can actually be much more um, more functional and it could be really important for sustaining long term health. So you mentioned you you just started a fitness program for your physical fitness. How would you go about starting a program for someone who wanted to do mindfulness fitness? I mean, is there any sort of, you know, boy, I hate to ask this, is there an app for that? There probably is. But is there a way? Lots of apps for that, right. Is there a way that people could say, okay, I've identified I'm the one of those people. I want to start working on this. What are ways that, where do they go? Where do they look for these sorts of, I mean, you go to the gym, you get a personal trainer. Is there a mindfulness trainer? Is there a, a way that you can learn some of these tools and skills from someone who's an expert? Where would you go? You know, um, great questions. I, I, um, you know, just like there's an app, you know, you could do the seven minute workout. There's a bunch of those apps. It's a great way to start a fitness program and kind of get yourself to a basic level of fitness so that you can go out then and jog and, and then eventually, you know, maybe, maybe do steps and, you know, get your fitness level up. Um, like a mindfully based stress reduction class. Some people have done those. They've right. sort of looked at learning from someone who can help them with that. I'm sure there's meditation teachers. There are meditation. I mean, there's there are good apps for this, by the way, and there are um, wonderful um, different. There's the, the you know the problem, the wonderful thing and the problem with the modern world is is our access to information. We have we have, there's so much out there, and it's actually overwhelming to choose. It's like when you go into the health food store, and there's 500 different supplements for one thing, and it's you know how do you choose the right one? It's the same thing for meditation. Um, you know, I recommend to start with to do a, some type of a breathing meditation because it's probably the most um, efficacious and quick way to achieve um, cortisol reduction benefits and and actually to to feel better right away. So different types of, of deep breathing exercises, which I'm not going to talk about here on the radio, but I, I suggest um, investigating those and they're not that hard to find. Well, and a couple of years ago, there was a device that was evaluated by the Mayo Clinic called Respirate. This was something that was used as deep breathing that was actually shown to help people with early onset or stage one hypertension. And it would help you to lower your breathing rate. It would lower the tension in the arteries. It would produce natural production from your body of nitric oxide to lower arterial tension and could be utilized to be an adjunct or instead of medication for early stage high blood pressure. So, you know, when Mayo Clinic does some studies and says this works, that kind of piques my attention because I go, hmm, well, all right, major medical centers are now looking at this. And there are now some apps that can help people to do the same thing. So you mentioned deep breathing. Yoga is an exercise that does a lot of work on your breathing and your ability to breathe through certain activities. 
So working on it from that perspective can certainly be helpful. Are there any supplements that people can take that would help support their body in dealing with some of these issues with cortisol? Absolutely. Um, there's a number of nutrients that are, that are um, quite effective at both lowering cortisol and raising cortisol, depending on what is needed. And, um, you know, you can go out and buy a handful of different things because there's a number of different nutrients that can be helpful. A lot of people will just go and buy one thing and see how it works. And that's a fine way to start. I mean, it could be as basic as just taking a bunch of vitamin B5. B5 is a great um, supporter for uh, adrenal function. There are um, a number of, of fantastic herbs um, but we call them adrenal adaptogens. They're adaptogenic herbs because they help the adrenal adapt to whether your cortisol is high or low. Whatever, wherever, um, wherever you are on that spectrum of adrenal fatigue, the herb is going to uh, help to balance your cortisol level. And then there are some specific herbs. They're also adaptogens, but they're a little bit more um, selective. You know, you would use it more for whether the cortisol is high or other herbs when the cortisol is low. So give me an example of one you would use that would be an adaptogen for any type of cortisol issue and or adrenal supporter adaptogen. And then let's talk about which ones are good for high and which ones are good for low. Okay, right. So good um, general adaptogens would be something like rhodiola, um, spelled R-H-O-D-I-O-L-A. So rhodiola, um, Siberian ginseng, also called ulethro. Um, I... uh, uh, an herb called maca, M-A-C-A. So, so there's a, you can see there's a number of herbs that are, um, that are general adrenal adaptogens. And then for high cortisol, uh, the most effective herbs um, would be magnolia bark, ashwagandha. And there's a couple of nutrients that are really great. Phosphatidylserine is a, is a, a great uh, form of an amino acid uh, at lowering cortisol. It's also great for supporting the nervous system in general and a number of other things. And so is L-theanine, another amino acid that's great at at um, helping to lower cortisol, helping to um, kind of like, uh, it, it's very calming. It's kind of deactivating and it's, and it's used a lot for mood support. You see that a lot out there uh, for um, uh, a natural way to kind of elevate mood or support mood. Uh, for, and, to, and to elevate cortisol, you had asked, what do you do when your cortisol is low? Uh, licorice root is a wonderful herb because it actually inhibits an enzyme that breaks down cortisol. So it doesn't actually stress the adrenal out more to make more cortisol when it's already kind of tired. What it does is it helps the cortisol stick around longer, the cortisol that's already there. Um, and it works really well um, synergistically with other herbs um, like uh, holy basil um, right, and other adrenal adaptogens that, are, that I've already mentioned. Well, and I think sometimes what people may not realize is that a lot of our prescription medications actually come from different different sorts of herbs and or plants in the environment. You know, we talk about aspirin coming from the bark of a tree and, you know, digoxin or digitalis, which comes from the foxglove plant. Mm-hmm. These are things that we have found in the environment that actually are all natural that we have pharmaceuticalized into different types of FDA approved medications. But there are a lot of other different types of plants and other herbs that people can use. And they actually have a variety of different effects that may not be something you can purify into this particular medicine does this effect on your body. But in fact, it's a general overall balance that it might provide that you can't just purify and distill down to one component. That's right. So looking at some of these different types of variety of herbs and other types of supplements, there may be some ingredients in it that could be very helpful for you. Now, how do you know that you're getting something that's appropriate? I mean, you could go to any health food store and you read the different types of ways that these various 
different things can support your body. And you walk out of there and you have 500 bottles of supplements because you want all of that. I want healthy nails and, and longer hair and I want more energy and I want all of these things too. So, so how do you know you're getting a supplement that's right for you or how do you know you're getting it from a company that's appropriate? Right. Really excellent question. Well, you know, in an ideal world, um, you'd work with a practitioner. You would actually check cortisol levels, which, by the way, you know, it's not the most reliable thing to do a blood test for unless you have a full-blown syndrome. Because um, we're, we're talking about subtle cortisol fluctuations. And we, you know, we, we want to measure not just a snapshot of what's happening right now with your cortisol. We want to measure a pattern of cortisol behavior throughout the day. And we call this diurnal cortisol. And that the best way to get this is actually through the saliva. So it's kind of like a spit test. And you would do it um, four, five, or six times throughout the day if you're you know, working with a practitioner who can order a test like this. It's really useful. Uh, I believe that, that saliva cortisol testing is FDA-approved. In fact, it's not... It's still considered alternative, but it's actually a, a pretty validated test. Doing it as a diurnal test is not something that um, I think you know would be done in the mainstream, but it's incredibly useful. You get it in the morning when your cortisol is supposed to be the highest. You get it in the late morning again. Um, you get it in the, in the the late afternoon, and then you get it again um, before bed, and you kind of see what's happening. And it's so interesting. It's supposed to be the highest in the morning, the lowest at night, and you know, doing testing, you see it's all over the place. You people who have, you know, chronic fatigue. Not the syndrome, but they're who are chronically, you know, tired and depleted. You know, their cort- your cortisol can be um, low in the morning and high at night. It can be high in the morning and high at night, low the whole time. You know, or it can be like a an S wave and and be um, all over the place. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here in the studio with Dr. Justin Grude, and we're talking about what are ways that we can support the body and help provide our own natural stress defense. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to know if the supplement that you're taking is from a company that makes it and is actually giving you something that's safe. We'll be right back. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Chaminade University, Inter-Island Solar Supply, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, here with Dr. Justin Grude. He is an expert in functional medicine and in the formulation of nutritional supplements. Now, right before the break, we talked a little bit about what are some of the things that you might want to look for in cortisol and how you can do saliva testing at times to really check that throughout the day. You know, one-time measurement at one point in time may not give us the full day-long history of where your cortisol levels are, and one of the ways you can test it may be to do testing, and not all testing has to be done in blood. So there are some other ways that things can be tested. So if you were to find that you needed to take some of the support elements that you've talked about before, whether it be the rhodiola, whether it be more the calming, the licorice extract, when you think about figuring out if you were to tell one of your one of your patients, hey, you have a problem, here's a product that might work for you, what should they look for in those products? Well, there, you know, it, it can be quite overwhelming because because there's so many different um, options available, and uh, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, the pe- people who work in the wellness department of health food stores are um, are usually uh, really passionate and incredibly knowledgeable people, and they're a really great resource for the community. You go, you can go in there and you can talk to them about about what they know, and uh, you know, hopefully they're gonna 
remind you that you're not getting medical advice. This is just, you know, holistic guidance. But uh, you can um, you can really pick their brains and and, and learn what they know. And um, so there's a a ton of information um, on the Web. Uh, There's some reputable physicians who who post things about adrenal uh, adrenal fatigue issues and, and 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 other medical issues. There's a lot of there are a lot of places to get information. Um, you know, when you're when you're looking at quality, you you, you want to, I mean, you want to do the best you can to research the company and know that you know, have some sort of, some sense of trust in in the company that you're you're, you're going with. And, and I think that that's another place. Like if you're working with a practitioner, you can trust that they've done that research. They know what they're doing. If you go to somebody who works in a wellness department or a health store. In theory, they you know they know all the supplements that they have on the shelf, and they can guide you and tell you what other customers have reported to them. And oftentimes, the reps of those companies have gone in and specifically given them trainings, and they should know quite a bit about the differences in the in, in the products and how they're formulated, if they're vegetarian or you know whatever other other um, requirements people have. So if you if you really want to get uh, true information that is unbiased that will give you specifically what it is that you need. You know, I kind of have this theory, and I know this this might sound a little rash, but if you're going to spend enough money going to purchase supplements that you think may be helpful for your body, start by spending the money going to see a professional who can help you to be able to get the most out of those supplements and pick the ones that are best for you. And I know maybe not everybody can afford to do that, and certainly there are there are lots of different things that you can find on sale at different stores, but if you really want to go take the time to do it the right way, you kind of have to make sure that you take the time to see somebody with the expertise that can guide you in the right direction. I would say that if you have any you know, chronic underlying medical conditions, that would be pretty important. If it's not the case, if you don't have like a, you know, a complex medical history, medical diagnosis, you're not taking medications, but you're dealing with some chronic stress and some chronic um, fatigue issues related to stress, um, you, you know, or really anything in that arena, I think it's reasonable. I mean, these are these are safe herbs. I don't, it's not going to really get you get you into any trouble. You know, I mean, if you have high blood pressure, you might want to stay away from licorice root or at least a high dose of it or at least monitor your blood pressure while you're taking it. Um, but in general, it's not really we're not talking about dangerous stuff here. I think it's it is reasonable uh, for most people to uh, find out what is a respected you know, safe uh, product and try it on themselves. And then monitor if it's something where they're worried about their underlying condition, maybe blood pressure. You can purchase a blood pressure cuff or you can go to some of the pharmacies or even some of the food stores that have access to these machines. You can check your pressure. If you are on other medications, if you're on heart medicines or blood thinners, then check with a pharmacist, I would always say, because they may be able to run some different types of searches to let you know if the particular product you're using could interfere with your blood thinner or with your heart medication or with like a thyroid medicine. And in some cases, that may be important. But as long as those things are okay, so you think most people would be okay? I do think so, yeah. I mean, from what I've seen, most people tolerate um, nutritional supplementation really well if it's good quality nutritional supplementation. And the, um, you know, the herbs that we're talking about in, um, in adrenal formulas, certainly you know, my formulas for uh, adrenal um, stress, uh, they're, they're, they're safe, they're effective, and um, pr- pretty universal. And how would people find your formulas? Um, people can find my formulas on my, on my website, which is www.pathwayformulas.com. They're also available on Amazon. They're on the shelves on all the health food stores on the Big Island and on Oahu at Down to Earth on King Street. 
And there's going to be another down-to-earth, I think, somewhere that's going to be downtown, if I remember correctly. Lots of changes going on here in Oahu that are exciting, nonetheless, and helpful to provide some more information and some more products for folks should they want it and should they feel as though this could apply to them. So it sounds like there are some ways that you can really support your body and help yourself to manage your stress, not just using supplements, but also using some techniques and tools you may learn that will help you to manage your stress just in life in general. Well, I think it's imperative, you know, and I always tell people, um, you know, even if you're on a fantastic supplement and you're feeling normal again, um, don't waste that. Utilize that that energy to invest in your long-term health and exercise and meditate. Learn new strategies and skills to sustain fantastic health for yourself. And that's a decision and a choice, and it takes some effort. And, you, you know, go for it. All right. Words from the mouth of an expert. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today here on The Body Show. It's really great to be here. Thank you. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on our podcast, hawaiipublicradio.org, or you can follow us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you here next week when we talk more about ways to stay healthy and well. See you then.